Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that helps a brother out of a crazy situation today. Uh, it has nothing to do with fantasy football, but we'll talk about it. We'll also talk about what we did do in fantasy football today. We are deep into the Scott Fish Bowl 9, the biggest fantasy tournament in the industry. We are we are in that for the first time this year as experts, so we'll tell you all about what's going on in there, the crazy rules that they go by, and some of the strategies that we see people taking and the strategies that we are taking that you could use in your own drafts. And also, the day has finally arrived. Michael and Jason's half-point PPR full rankings full are on. Full half and standard. Full half and standard <laughs> are on and live on BrotoFantasy.com. We'll be talking about some of the standouts of those rankings. In this show, we got a fun show for you coming up, so stick around. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins. So, today is Wednesday. Ish. Um, it's not Wednesday-ish. It's just Wednesday. Yeah-ish. Oh. So today is Wednesday. Yeah-ish. And <laughs> on Friday, we are supposed to leave for my bachelor party. We're supposed to be headed to New Orleans. Yeah-ish. Which Timmy knows about because Jason, you know, gave it away. Which it, we went into detail in, in our last episode. Right, right. So you guys know that he gave it away. The only problem is, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the weather, if you live around New Orleans, if you don't live around New Orleans. One of the main things that's going on right now is there is a hurricane and a tropical storm watch in new orleans there's a hurricane coming through a big one and this poses a problem for a bachelor party so today we have been on the phones literally from like 7 30 a.m to around we're still figuring shit out right and it's now what what, what time is it do you guys have the time anywhere 8 p.m 8 30 p.m so Eastern we've time. literally been at this for 12 hours just figuring it now we pivoted we somehow got the airline to give us our money back for those flights and pivot that money into another flight. Um, we're headed out to Denver. So if you're in Denver and you want to say hi, holler at us. So, yeah, if you're out there, like, come check us out in the Mile High City. We'll probably uh, – the twins don't, but I'll probably uh, partake in some Colorado activities. And then <laughs> – By that, you mean staring at the beautiful Rockies. Yes, staring for a Deer long, hunting? long – Long time staring deeply at them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun. It's, we, somehow we planned an entire bachelor party of 13 people heading to Colorado between the hours of it's 8 and fun. 8. So um, um, it's act- very exciting. Have, we even have activities lined up, bro. Yeah, and, I, and you know what? I, I'm kind of like I'm an old man now. I'm 30. So as much as I would love to walk down Bourbon Street and be drunk all day, I'm kind of also looking real forward to like experiencing some outdoor uh, like daytime activities that Colorado has to offer before the not- nighttime activities, you know. And what then I'm also getting drunk. Also, yeah, yeah, also getting drunk at the nighttime. But like, also like having somewhere that's more diverse in what we're going to be doing. Because in New Orleans is going to be basically go party, go eat real good, go party some more, go eat real good, and then go party some more. So it's just kind of like consumption. In Denver, we could do some cool shit. Chilling, killing. Yeah, man. Another thing that we're doing that's that's pretty cool shit is this Scott Fish Bowl nine. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, it is a industry tournament with some of the biggest names in the industry in just our division. Uh, I'm with Brad Ziegler of the Athletic to name one person. Jason, who are some guys that you're in uh, a division with? Uh, Michael Fabiano is the biggest name in my group. So Michael, Jason's drafting against Michael Fabiano. There's guys like um, uh, Evans. 
is uh what's his name from Brad Brandon Funson, Brad Evans, that's what I'm thinking yeah. about. Evan Silva, the fantasy Barry, footballers. Evan Matthew Silva, Barry. the fantasy footballers, Matthew yeah. Barry, all in this tournament. And your boys are in this tournament too. So we're and first of all we're honored. Scott Fish, great guy for reaching out to us. Really listen, like I listen messed to up the episode that he was in if you haven't yet. Yeah, great he guy. was a great guest. And I was up and like he I for I had forgotten to send an email just to be transparent. And Scott, even though there's 12,000 people, some, uh, I think it's, I'm sorry, 12, 1,200 people, some experts and some, I also believe, uh, fans, right? I think it's half and half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's half experts, half half fans. So he had 600 experts to, to you know, get, and he hit us up like, yo, is Tim in? Like, what's good? And he reminded very us. Very cool of him. Yeah, very, very cool of him. I'm really, really happy for this opportunity. We want to talk about um, the strategies that we've seen so far, our teams. Jason, before we start, though. Can you explain the rules? Because this is arcade themed, and this is a little bit to throw a wrench um, in kind of the, you know, everyone has to have their own strategy because it's something brand new. You can't copy off someone else. So uh, what's what is the the standouts, Jay? Yeah, so it's a uh, it's video game themed. I'm in the Link division. Tim's in Captain Falcon. Michael's in Ratchet and Clank. A personal favorite of ours. Uh, so it's video game scoring basically. It's all the same scoring that you're used to, except um, it's half PPR. Half point for a first down. Um, tight ends are double each, so one PPR, one for a first down. Every 50 yards is a five-point bonus. And then for quarterbacks, six-point touchdowns, minus four for interceptions. Every 300 yards is a five-point bonus. So those bonuses are really the kicker here because it makes touchdowns a little less important because 50 yards is basically worth – a touchdown because we get 50 yards you're going to get the five points plus another five for the bonus so 50 yards and a touchdown is 11 points and you know the the dual threat running backs who get 50 yards receiving and 50 yards rushing that's 20 points that's 20 points that's well no 10 points 10 points extra well if you're not counting the 50 they're already getting but 10 points, points yes. extra that's on top of that points. so those guys really become uh, if, i think if you rush for a first down as a half point did you mention that yes oh and and of course it's a super flex so Which is important to mention. Quarterbacks are more important than typical. Right. So uh, for those of you who don't know what a super flex is, it's a flex position where you can start a quarterback. Basically a flex position where you will start a quarterback. Right. So everyone's going to be starting two quarterbacks. Yes. So in a league of 12, when there's two quarterbacks, if you do the math, four teams are not going to have a backup quarterback. Correct. So, so, that's, uh, so that makes quarterbacks really valuable. So keep that in mind. Tight ends and quarterbacks are the, are basically the most valuable. So keep that in mind as we take you through our teams. Michael, why don't you take us through your team first and tell and tell us a, a little bit about uh, the draft and what you were thinking when you drafted these players and why you targeted these players. Sure, Tim. So uh, I had the fourth pick. Solid. The top four, I think, is like a clear, very easy this year in basically any format. Zeke McCaffrey, Barkley Kamara, which those four are going to go top four. Whichever one falls to you while you're sitting at four, be happy with because that's the guy you're going to get. For me, I was ecstatic. I got Alvin Kamara. I'm a big Alvin Kamara guy. With the fun scoring in SFB9, Kamara could easily have a 50-50 game four out of the 16 weeks this year and even more maybe. We expect him to have an even bigger workload than he did last year. Not quite the no Mark Ingram workload, but maybe in between after Mark Ingram came back and when he was playing without Mark Ingram. So I, I was very happy with Alvin Kamara there. Round two, I was really hoping for Juju to fall to me. Unfortunately, he did not. I was hoping for Zach Ertz to fall to, more, to me because this is tight end premium. Unfortunately, he did not. But I went with OBJ, who I thought is great value 
uh, as the ninth pick in the second round with uh, Baker Mayfield this season. He has a chance. He has a chance to be the wide receiver one overall, in my opinion, if all things go well. Well, Jason, how do you feel about OBJ? Are are you on the OBJ train this year? Like, I, I there's there's obviously inherent risk on going to a completely new system and a completely new situation. What do you think? I'm a little disappointed in you for not knowing that I'm all over the OBJ train. I think that well, OBJ, you know, it's called being a host, Jason. I know. I want the people to know. <laughs> OBJ is gonna be <laughs> wide receiver one at the end of the year. Bold words. It's a bold, bold words. That's a bold ass prediction. I think the upside is there. So I'm all over OBJ. I like him as my third wide receiver off the board behind Hopkins and Adams. And you might see our in our first rankings, volume 1.0, you will see Adams ahead of OBJ. But that could switch by the time the season comes around. Okay, a little bit of preview into what we're talking about. So let's get into the third round, Michael. Um, when you're talking about your third round here, uh, who are you targeting and who did you end up getting? So I did have the choice of... Uh, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers going to the quarterback. But even in Superflex, I'm not a big quarterback guy, especially when quarterbacks are falling. You can get value later. I uh, I like to wait. Also, tight end premium. Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle are gone. I'm not reaching for any of the other tight ends. People look too much into tight end premiums. Like in, uh, in the FFPC, which is also tight end premium format, some people last year, well, m- most drafters last year, they were taking Delaney Walker, Greg Olson in the fourth, fifth round, and every time it happened, I was just like, that's disgusting. Hunter Henry, who ended up getting hurt, uh, guys like Jimmy Graham in the fourth, fifth round, and I was like, this is disgusting. There's so many better players, all because it's tight end premium and you get an extra half point. Obviously, those picks did not work out, so I, I don't reach for tight ends just because they get a little bit more of a bonus when it is very difficult for them to even capitalize on those bonuses. So... This one here was really Aaron Jones, on Johnson, or T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton was one of my explosion firework players from last episode with the another year of the offensive line and even healthier Andrew Luck. Uh, potent offense, I think T.Y. Hilton could be Juju Light, I said, with uh, 90 receptions, 1,500 yards, and eight touchdowns or so, which would be great for me. So I went with T.Y. Hilton in round three. I also drafted T.Y. Hilton to my team. I'm a big fan of T.Y. Hilton this year. I really think that he has a chance to succeed on the next level and be maybe the wide receiver one overall because when you're talking about an offense, when you look at the pace, when Andrew Luck, remember when Andrew Luck was was still recovering to the point where Jacoby Brissett had to come in and throw long balls until like week five last year, I think week four or five, a healthy Andrew Luck all season, and then you look comparatively what T.Y. Hilton did when Andrew Luck was healthy versus when Andrew Luck wasn't. I want that for 16 games. Yeah, for sure. And he doesn't get hurt either. Uh, it's like a he's one of those ghost injury guys who people just think get hurt. But he hasn't played less than 14 games in four years. So he's. It's because he misses one or two games a year. Yeah. But you like, know, it's it, it's he never misses an extended period of time. But there are games that he's going like to do Malco. that to you. Um, who's your round going? four? Uh, is a guy Jason. Jason reached for. Um, the previous round, then Timmy grabbed in round four. The only guy in all three of our teams, Tyreek Hill, I grabbed him at 4.04. I mean, excuse me, I grabbed him at 4.09. Tyreek Hill, even if he misses four games, take out four games. Take out four of his best games from last season. He was still a top 24 wide receiver. I took him as wide receiver 17. Even if he suspended four games, I'll take it. And people don't really look into this much, but he if he's out the four games, it's going to be the first four games of the season. The first three weeks of the season, there's no bye weeks, so you're all ready to go to fill it in for him, as if it as if he was on a bye week. So, I took the chance to Tyreek Hill there. 
Yeah, we'll talk about more about that Tyreek Hill chance because we all have Tyreek Hill. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But who's your next pick? Finally, my first quarterback. The latest anyone has gotten him thus far. Very excited about it because I'm a huge fan of his. Baker Mayfield at 504. In my uh, league, Baker went in the third round. Yeah, I mean, look, let's pick, what, 52 in a super flex, grabbing Baker Mayfield for six-point passing touchdowns, minus four for an interception. We didn't really get into that. But I think he's going to be throwing touchdowns all over the place. I do think he becomes a little more safe with the ball. And I get to pair him up with OBJ. Facts. Uh, Who was your sixth-round pick? We're, we're, pick. we're all seven round picks in at this point, right? Mm-hmm. This is also a long draft. You guys don't know what a long draft is. Everyone has eight hours to Slow make the draft. pick. <laughs> Slow draft, excuse me. Everyone has eight hours to make the pick. So it's pretty cool because, um, I mean, everyone's been in that situation where you're trying to get a draft day down and your one buddy's going on vacation or your one buddy has work or your one dude um, has to do backflips in his backyard. Somewhat, so there's always a some kind of something that gets in the way. With these long drafts, there's not really an excuse. You can start in July. You can end in August. Just put an eight-hour time limit. It's super reasonable. And also, it shuts down at night. So if someone makes a pick in between 12 a.m. and 8 a.m. Eastern time, it just completely shuts down. So like you can't make a a pick at 12 a.m. and then hopefully no one wakes up by 8 a.m. and they miss their pick. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Look into it if you can. But anyway, continue, Michael. Round six. I went the 13th overall quarterback in this draft. Like I said, quarterbacks went a little late in this draft. I decided to take a chance over guys like Drew Brees and Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger. I went with Mitch Trubisky, Timmy's man. As you all know, if you're listeners of Brodo, I am not a Mitch Trubisky quarterback fan, but I am a Mitch Trubisky at QB 13 fan because fantasy is all about value, baby, even if you don't like the player. And... He could rush for 50 yards in a game, which gives him five extra points. He could rush for first downs, which gives him an extra half point. And six passing, six point passing touchdowns, minus four for interceptions. He's safe with the ball. He doesn't throw too many interceptions. So I thought Mr. Trubisky was a nice pick here for me to get my second quarterback as my super flex. And lastly, <laughs> my most recent pick. I made it about 20 minutes before we started this podcast. Another guy who I've been saying... I'm not going to draft because his ADP is too high for me in the fifth, sixth round. But like I said, I don't draft players based on players. I draft players based on value and ADP. I took Mike Williams, a wide receiver 26 in this draft at 7. I don't like it. At 7.04. Why don't you like it? It's a yardage league. Every 50 yards is basically the same as a touchdown, and I think Mike Williams is too much of a touchdown-dependent player for this type of league. Yeah, if you get 10 touchdowns, though. Holla. Yeah, if he gets the touchdowns, and if he improves in the yardage, which he could certainly do without Tyrell Williams there. Without a doubt. There you go. He could be a 1,010 guy. Without a, without a diddly doubt. Without a diddly doubt, says Tim, without a diddly do. I was actually going to go Sony Michelle. Yeah. Who Snipes. also I absolutely hate. At ADP in the fourth, fifth round, but in the seventh round, I'm willing to take the chance, especially in a league that awards first downs. Michael's talking about drafting at uh, drafting at value rather than ADP. Um, I'm sorry, at value rather than like their current ADP. Dude, I have the all value team. Yeah, I'm telling you, people in your draft apparently don't know how to draft. First of all, no, nah, I wouldn't say that, but you know, maybe you'll say that. I don't want to be you know a guy like that. <laughs> Shout out to Brad Ziegler. He's in Timmy's draft. Yeah, Brad and, uh, Ziegler, the the fantasy. So uh, Dan. Hindery from the football guys, uh, Brad Ziegler from the athletic, uh, the fantasy football fellas, uh, the uh, Craig Wambold from 
Roto Underworld, uh, Trevor Jones from Fanball. We got two fans, three fans, four fans, four fans in the league, five fans in the league. No wonder your draft um, sucks. Roto Viz, <laughs> just kidding, fans. <laughs> Dynasty Nerds, Joe Dement. So we got we got a whole bunch of guys, um, a g- bunch of good follows on Twitter as well. I'm in a group chat with them and good guys. All right, so uh, here's what I'm thinking. First two picks go. I'm the third pick, by the way. First two picks go Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. So automatically I'm looking at Ezekiel Elliott and Alvin Kamara and I'm like, all right, I'm picking between these two guys. And I figure on Alvin Kamara's best day, he could hope to be Ezekiel Elliott, right? Um, we hope that Alvin Kamara gets all the touches this, this year. We know that Ezekiel Elliott is getting all the touches this year. They added Amari Cooper. Dak is in a contract year. Sign me up. I put Zeke in the first. I, I passed up on Alvin Kamara, although I think he could be the 101. I went with the safer pick, in my opinion. Then I was thinking about quarterback. Um, but at 210, a little man named, a big man actually, named Todd Gurley was there. And look, Todd Gurley's knee could be in shambles. We're only going to find out. But right now, everything says that he's a go. And even if he's a bust at 210, that is a bust that I'm willing to take a chance on um so I take Todd Gurley in the second round and I'm excited because I have Zeke and Todd Gurley and if those two guys play their potential I have the best running back duo in the league right away um I literally have the first two picks of the draft if Todd Gurley's healthy so if Todd Gurley ends up being healthy I have the first two picks of the draft on my team yeah if he ends up being healthy that's that's an absolutely ridiculous combo to have to start your team exactly uh on top of that so i'm thinking about going quarterback after that since i have such running back strength but andrew luck and deshaun watson are both off the board uh patrick mahomes also off the board they're like my next tier in terms of like they're my top tier so i I decide to skip on quarterback and go ty hilton right after me aaron Rodgers gets taken so if i if that was a bad decision i'll be paying for it uh, fast forward into the fourth round. Another guy that I just couldn't pass up at four ten is Tyree Kill. They're talking about a four game suspension. I will gladly take Tyree Kill in the fourth round with a four game suspension, considering you're taking him maybe in the first round if he's playing those first four games. Um, I'm definitely taking Tyree Kill there, and I'm super happy about it. On the turn, uh, the five oh three. This is the first time I had to reach. Uh, Cam Newton had gone. I was thinking about getting Cam Newton and then waiting and getting Mitch Trubisky on the way back. You guys know how I feel about Mitch Trubisky. I got Mitch Trubisky with the 503. I, so far, I've been the, the earliest pick on Mitch Trubisky, although there has been another fifth-round pick with Mitch Trubisky uh, amongst the experts. Then, 18 picks later, David Montgomery still there in the sixth round. That was nuts to me. Uh, I'm trying to get that guy. Um, so, David Montgomery. That really, like, again, these value picks are were really just put to me in my lap like when you're looking at a list of fourth round picks and you see Tyreek Hill there the name just pops out when you're looking at a a list of second round picks and you see Todd Gurley the name pops out like if you're looking at a a list of sixth round picks and you see David Montgomery that name pops out yeah you don't really have to look far and then I finally I can't believe David Montgomery was there in the sixth round that's pretty crazy I hope no one listens to this in between now and then but I I looked at the and you remember when you draft knowing the other teams in your league is just as important I need another quarterback I also I'm high on Kenyon Drake right now, and I want to get you guys' opinion on Kenyon Drake in just a second because Jason, you also took Kenyon Drake, so we'll talk about Kenyon Drake when you take a chance at this. But if I'm looking at a quarterback, I'm gonna wait now because there's two teams with two quarterbacks. There's one team that only has receivers, um, Evan Klotzman. Um, I'll, I'm sorry, no Ben Battle of Roto Viz, um, my guy. 
He's owning it on his Twitter. He's saying, I've, I've taken six wide receivers, so it's not like auto-draft or nothing. Uh, so I, I'm really curious about how six wide receivers work out. Everyone else has at least one quarterback. Two people have two quarterbacks. I mean, sorry, three people have three quarterbacks. So I decide to pass up on the quarterback, and I decide to go Kenyon Drake. So I hope a guy like Sam Darnold or a guy like um, Jimmy Garoppolo or one of those tier quarterbacks, a guy that can starts in a low ADP but has the opportunity to to explode. I hope that that's my guy for uh, the second. The, uh, I think a guy like that more than a guy like say Kirk Cousins, who's also going to be avail- who else also available, um, or Tom Brady, where you kind of know what you're getting from those two guys. Uh, I, I'm super, I want the upside guy. I'm super jealous that you got Kenyon Drake in the seventh round because I would have taken him if he fell to me in the fifth. I was considering him in the fourth. He was taken at the end of the fourth round, I think, in my draft. The fact that he was there in the seventh makes absolutely no sense to me. He's also great for this format because he gets a bunch of targets and he gets work. He could be one of those 50-50 guys. He was he led the league in yards after contact uh, per carry last season. I mean, and now he doesn't have Adam Gase trying to give the ball to Frank Gore all the time. In case you were wondering, my team right now looks like Mr. Trubisky, Kenyon Drake, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton. I, re- I really hope that Trey Burton falls to me. Um, That's a squad. And so I can have a tight squad! end, too. Uh, Jason, what is your... My germs. What's your germs? I had the seventh pick. With the seventh pick, the top four running backs were off the board. Mahomes was off the board, and D-Hop was off the board, I believe. Or Melgo. I don't remember. I think it was Melgo, because I would have been a little more tempted if he was available. I went with Travis Kelsey. Um, it's tight end premium, and I always stress that tight end premium doesn't really make a difference towards the back end of the tight ends. But when you have someone putting up DeAndre Hopkins numbers and getting double the points for it, then it makes a difference. Last year, <laughs> Travis Kelsey was like the fifth overall player if you applied this scoring. So I'm riding that. Uh, I mean, he's young. He's healthy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Give me Travis Kelsey all day. On the way back... I saw a running back available that I didn't expect to be available, and that was Le'Veon Bell. Um, this is probably the only pick I kind of regret so far, just because I took Le'Veon Bell thinking that I could have a shot at Damian Williams falling to me in the third, and he did not. And you guys know how I feel about Damian Williams, and it really hurts me that he's not on my team in this um, league. But I took Le'Veon Bell, a uh, new team. Adam Gase is coming into an offense, bringing over hopefully a faster pace because, as you can see, with true throw values, they had a very efficient offense last season, the Dolphins, but it was very slow pace. So I'm hoping that Le'Veon Bell uh, and Sam Darnold improve and bring a little quicker pace to the Jets this season. I think Sam Darnold's going to be a better quarterback than uh, Adam Gase has ever had. So I'm looking forward to that competition there. Then I had the pick in 307, and this is where I stretched a little bit. I took Tyreek Hill in the third round. I took Hill before any of my brothers did in the fourth. My team, as you're going to see, has a little bit of guys that Timmy and Michael already have just from a round or two earlier. To be honest, I feel like my draft is um, has been a very good draft. There's been a lot of people who know how to draft and are taking guys where they should be taken. I don't want to point fingers, but there's some teams like there's one guy who took four tight ends to start his draft. And, you know, I might be an asshole, but when I see things like that on Twitter, I immediately unfollow people and say, I no longer value your opinion. It's I think it's that terrible of a move. No one like that in our in my division right now. I think that uh, we've had a nice, solid draft. So I got Bell, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Got to the fourth round. One quarterback stood out to me. That was Matt Ryan, who was the second highest scorer in SFB 9 
scoring settings last year. So if you think about it, with Ryan Bell, Tyreek, and Kelsey, if Hill doesn't get suspended, I could have the quarterback one, wide receiver one, running back one, tight end one, right? Potentially. Bell, I think, is a stretch. But you never know. I like him. Let's talk about Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is a guy that we all like. Drake a guy in the sixth round. I'm not up to him yet, but fine. Thanks. I mean, just went through five picks, right? No. Oh. Four Sorry. picks. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's all good. I'll speed up. Um, fifth round, I got my boy Robert Woods. I was super excited about this. You because really were. I thought about taking him with a third pick when I was debating between Tyreek Hill. And then I was debating between Matt Ryan and Robert Woods. And then I was able to get Woods in the fifth round. So I was super happy about that. You know, it pisses me off a little bit when Jason says, my guy, Robert Woods. And then someone on Twitter thought Robert Woods was Jason's guy. Then Jason wrote an article about Robert Woods being an ice cream sandwich. As if Robert Woods wasn't my guy all of last season. And I convinced you guys about Robert Woods. And Jason just likes to steal my thunder. So thanks, Jay. But I'm glad you're reaping the benefits. Consider your thunder stolen, brother. Hey. Uh, oh, fun little update here. I haven't made a seventh round pick yet because I'm next up on the queue. So if someone drafts while we're recording this podcast, I will do a pick live. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. Let's talk about Kenyon Drake, though, who's your sixth pick, correct? Yes. Uh, before we get into these rankings, we, bo- we both pa- – we all – well, did you take Kenyon Drake? No, you didn't. To be so honest. So we both passed on people we liked to get Kenyon Drake instead. So what makes you like Kenyon Drake this season? To be honest, I think that you and Michael are a little higher on Drake than I am. Okay. And I let you guys uh, convince me a little bit to take him. I think that in this setting, he has a high upside. He's a very dangerous person with the ball in his hands. I could see him multiple games, 80 rushing yards, 50 receiving yards, getting those both of those bonuses, a touchdown, and then you have a beast on your hands, right? So in this setting, I like him. The uncertainty is there a little bit, right? Um, that's why he's not being drafted as high as he could be. In a 1,200-team league, uncertainty is fine because that means less people are taking him. You can get a nice steal. Less people are taking him where he should be going if there was less certainty. I think when a guy like Kenyon Drake, when you see a talent like that and you see it being underutilized... I'm betting on his talent. Right. What you have to say is, all right, new coaching staff in, one of the things they're definitely going to do is use this guy more. And I think that... That's definitely going to be the case, especially with Josh Rosen behind center now. So I think I think Kenyon Drake has an ability because you may not know this, but Kenyon Drake was second in the NFL in yards after tackle, yards after first contact last season. Nick Nick Chubb was number one. I literally just said, Tim, that it was Kenyon Drake first and Nick Chubb second. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nick, no, I'm sorry. Kenyon Drake was number two to Nick Chubb on yards after contact when first contact was behind the line of scrimmage. So this is a guy a mouthful. Right, but but this is a guy who's making a lot of a lot out of a little and something out of nothing. And if someone can put him in a situation where he can get something out of a little a, a, something out of a lot, you're looking at a maybe an RB1 or at least a high RB2, especially in this format. Agreed, but I'm not going to lie to you. Michael was the most influential in my decision of taking him. He he was the one pushing me a little harder. So you're gonna let Michael take it. So I want to know why he likes right, Kenyon Drake. Michael <laughs> Your twin wants to hear from you, my brother. It's for the same. Kenyon Drake was my love last season. He was. I convinced both of you about Kenyon Drake last season, and Adam Gase crushed my dreams. Do you know he? I, I connected. I connected. Connected Kenyon Drake with Jason too. Jason just keeps stealing your thunder. That's true. <laughs> but now Kenyon Drake, 
his ADP has fallen to the fifth, sixth round for Timmy, inexplicably the seventh round. Hello. Gift wrapped Kenyon Drake. I've been gift wrapped everybody. Christmas and July. Thank you to the Captain Falcon. Independence Day. For that. More like gift giving day. You know what I mean? So, Kenyon Drake, though, real talk, last season was given 120 carries, which is a joke. Out carried by Frank Gore. He was 41st in the league in carries. He had 53 receptions, which was 14th. So, he was used. As a pass and catch, uh, not to mention pass he, catcher. he had some problems with the dro- with the dropsies. If he if he uh, increases that, that's way more catches this year. If he gets better at catching the ball, he had a little bit of a dropsy yeah. problem. Despite that, despite the fact that he only had 120 carries and 53 receptions, he was the RB 17 by the end of the season in half PPR. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now I don't like I don't like using end of season overall ranking because there's a lot that goes into it, but. Still, weeks where he was given ten overall touches, he ended up as an RB two because he was so dynamic with those touches. Adam Gase is gone. The slow-paced offense is gone. That Adam Gase is running in Miami, trying to be conservative with the ball. And now, Frank Gore is gone too. Old Man Rivers is down in Buffalo teaching Lashawn McCoy and Devin Singletary how to play. So now we got Kenyon Drake alone in his backfield with Kalen Balage. I'm not one of those guys who thinks Kalen Balaj is a threat. I'm a, I'm a realist. I know Kalen Balaj is not a threat. So now it's Kenyon Drake's backfield. He could catch. Uh, he could rush. He has Josh Rosen now there, who, young quarterback, might want to be dumping off, run some screen plays, get out of his hands quick, hey. give it to the running back. I think Kenyon Drake, He like we said multiple times, he was very good after contact last season. I think Kenyon Drake is being drafted this season based solely off last season and not what he could be this season. So I think he's a steal at his ADP. Both of you guys got him super late. I'm super jealous he didn't fall to me in the 6th or 7th round of my draft. I would have taken him in a heartbeat. So I, I was uh, – Love me some Kenyon Drake. I was talking, thinking to myself, like I said, quarterback or Drake, and I put in the group chat, like, who would you guys pick? And Michael, Michael wrote this, Drake. Drake is the answer. Drake. Yeah. Drake is the answer. <laughs> yes. That was his four straight texts. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, we we knew where Michael was standing, but one of the other ways you could know where Michael is standing, smooth transition game on point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that yeah, we yeah, have? Yeah. Oh wow, was just, that was just way too loud. You don't, yeah, you guys don't have fun. headphones on. Only I do. I'm telling you, that was just no good. Um, because we have rankings out right now. Michael and Jason's overall yeah, rankings. Yeah, yeah. They can be found on BrotoFF.com. They can be also be found on BrotoFantasy.com. They can also be found on FantasyPros.com. Remember, Michael and Jason are Fantasy Pro rankers this season. Um, hopefully, I will be a Fantasy Pro ranker as well. They got in last week. I mean, the last year. So, they have uh, they have the, the grandfathered in. Uh, I'm trying to get in this year. It should, should be good. I emailed them today, actually, if we're just going behind the curtain. Because, oh, I just realized that I can't do my rankings the way I usually do them. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do that. Uh, so let's go over it. Let's go over Jason's rankings uh, first. I want to talk about something that stands out to me, Jason. The first thing that stands out is you have Ezekiel Elliott, number one, over Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and then Christian McCaffrey, number four. How much does it hurt you to put Christian McCaffrey, number four? Oh, trust me. Um, I had him around like seven. And then I came to my senses a little bit. We don't have to four. He'll probably be moving back soon. Michael, you on the other hand, you have the same except you have the exact same uh, kind of pairings except uh, you have Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott switched. Yep. So uh, 
for those people who are wondering who to take in that first round, why do you take Ezekiel Elliott first, Jason and Michael? Why do you take Saquon Barkley over Ezekiel Elliott? Let's start with Michael, actually. Why are you taking uh, Saquon over Ezekiel? So these guys are like my 1A and 1B. If you take Zeke, I'm not going to fault you. There's no reason not to take Zeke if you like Zeke better just as a player. I'm taking Barkley because he's an absolute animal who has a chance to put up 2,000 yards and over and double-digit touchdowns, who is going to be the entire Giants offense now that OBJ is gone. He was the entire Giants offense last season with OBJ there and when OBJ was hurt. He's going to be the entire Giants offense again, and he we've seen him get hit behind the line and end up with a 40-yard rush gain and a 60-yard touchdown when it looked like there was no hole at the line of scrimmage. He'll have 12 rushes in a row where there's no gain, but then he'll have the 13th and 14th rush where he gets 70 yards on two rushes because that's just how ridiculously dynamic he is. He's an awesome pass catcher. He's ridiculously smooth. He's There's, uh, there's no signs that he's hurt or anything of that sort. He's just going to be a ridiculous workhorse, and ridiculous workhorses deserve to be the number one overall pick. I tend to side with Jason on this one. I think Zeke should go over Barkley. In fact, I think that you should take three players over Zeke and Bar- uh, over Barkley. Um, one of the reasons I think that is because I just think that when you're the only option on offense, although that may sound appealing, people all of a sudden are game planning completely for you, and that does throw off fantasy seasons. And we've told you this many times. Out of the top 12 picks, five always bust on average. So... If I'm looking at the highest bust potential of the top 12, Saquon Barkley comes out because he has bust things around him. Now, with that being said, Ezekiel is the guy who I know is going to produce. That's why I know he's the number one for me, and I actually have Alvin Kamara as number two. You'll see my ranking soon as soon as I can get him out. Jason, um, why do you have Ezekiel Elliott number one? I mean, you hit it it's just a little bit of safety more. I don't think that... Barkley potentially scoring 20 to 30 more points over the entire season is worth taking that risk. Uh, Also, once um, Amari Cooper was traded to the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott became a big part of the passing game. If you look at his receptions, after week, uh, starting from week 10, 6, 7, 5, 6, 12, 7, 5. It's a lot of receptions for a running back. And he became a part of a passing offense that he was never really a part of too much, as at least at that much. So when Dak got Cooper, he became more confident, started hitting Zeke more in the passing game. He was still getting the same amount of carries that we're used to him seeing. You can't go wrong with Zeke. Like, there's no way Zeke busts. All right, so let's go over an- another thing that, ha- that stands out to me. So the first thing is you guys are both higher on James Conner than the expert consensus rankings. Plus five um, for Jason and he ranks him 10th, plus 6 uh, on the expert consensus rankings. For Michael, uh, he ra- I mean for, uh, yes, for Jason, he ranks him 10th. Uh, so, with that being said, I like Connor this year. I'm going to let you guys start it off. Why are you guys so much higher than the expert consensus on on James Connor? Literally just because we don't buy into coach speak in... What is it, July? It's not even coach speak. We don't buy into random made-up theories in July. They drafted Benny Snell. Sure, fine. They have Jalen Samuels. All right, whatever. The Steelers have always had multiple running backs on their roster. They're an NFL team. They're not going to have Connor and no one else, especially because Connor's a little injury-prone. But Connor's going to be the back. He's going to be the number one. That's how the Steelers do it. 
So you got to rank him accordingly. That's I, I mean, there's really nothing else I can add to that. I agree with you completely. And it blows my mind because people just, you know, oh, it's not going to, they're going to use a RBBC this year. You know, James Conner, he's not that good. Before James Conner got hurt last year, he was an absolute beast. Like, he was one of the top running backs in the league by, like, all measures. Of this is this is also a player who won player of the year in his, in his college football co- conference, came back from cancer. I was watching, hey, look, rookie, welcome to the NFL from him. The nurses said that most people don't want to get up out of bed. He was waking up the nurses and working out at 5 a.m. and still going to football practice while he was on... While he was getting chemo. That's crazy. He was drafted in the second round. He played in Pittsburgh. He dominated college football. This is not a guy who's just like a sixth-round pick who, who's backing up Le'Veon Bell. This was the plan. This is a second-round pick running back. If you feel so great about David Montgomery's third-round draft grade, if that gives you confidence, then James Conner's second-round draft grade should give you just the, amount, the same amount of confidence, even more, around more. On top of that, yes, Jalen Samuels on the team. But guess who was on the team when Le'Veon Bell was on the team? D'Angelo Williams. Guess who was a 1,000 yards back when Le'Veon Bell was out? D'Angelo Williams. Did anyone say anything about D'Angelo Williams playing? No. If you go back into the Steelers' history, you will see that every single running back is on his own. And the only way that he's not is if he's hurt. Le'Veon Bell. D'Angelo Williams. Rashard Mendenhall. Willie Parker. Jerome Bettis. Like, if you go down the list of Mike Tomlin-led running backs, it's always a workhorse. If you are passing on James Conner, then, I, listen, I'm not going to get mad at you. Pass on James Conner. Go with someone else. There's a lot of good guys in his area. Fault us. But if you're passing on him because you think he's not going to get enough touches, you're passing on him for the wrong reason, period. I tweeted yesterday. I feel like the same people who think Conner is going to join a running back by committee are the same, I don't want to say, naivetes. <laughs> to use a nicer word, that think Miles Sanders is going to become the workhorse for the Eagles. That's not going to happen either. People just want things to happen and think it's going to happen. It's just so backwards. You know, we're talking about SFB9. We're drafting our teams. I'm lo- I'm loading the data now about James Conner, but I'm like almost certain that in a couple leagues, I saw him go in the early third round. What? Yeah, and it blows my mind, and that's how... That's how people win this league because idiots don't know how to draft and think James Connors was worth. Yeah, his min, his maximum pick twenty nine, middle of the fifth round. I've seen him go at three, fourth overall in the third round. James Conner. That's how nuts people are. Yo, that's I'm how you win st- leagues by I'm, people doing that, having people like that in your draft. I'm literally standing here with my mouth. Yeah, open. I've come to that conclusion. No offense. There's a lot of smart ass people in this. In this tournament. A lot of good fantasy minds. But I've come to the conclusion that the person who's going to win this league just got lucky because they got placed into the division with 11 people who are trying to be cute and don't really know how to draft. 11 bench spots too. So, like, whoever you draft is basically who you're going to have. And there's no trades because then collusion happens. There's We got $100 fat, but, I mean, I'll be surprised if someone uses 11 that. bench spots. Who are you going to get from waivers? Exactly. Unless another Philip Lindsay pops up. But that was an And anomaly. if that does pop up, you'll probably have to use all 100 of your fab. Yep. Like right off the bat. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i on board with you guys. Um, 
Someone that you guys are not as high on as the industry, David Johnson is Michael's 10th overall player. That's three down from the experts. Um, on the other hand, though, Jason, uh, where is David Johnson for you? You are you have him at five, two above the experts. So you guys are split on David Johnson. How do you guys feel about David Johnson? And are you, if you had the fifth overall pick, Jason, you would draft David Johnson over Melvin uh, Gordon? I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little... Chrissy Crossy between DJ and Melgo. Well, I know you like Melgo, so uh, by, by saying that, you're telling me you like DJ. I just think that, look, last year was a running back 10 in, like, the worst offense we've ever seen ever, and I know his peripheral numbers weren't great, but he still is going to have no competition. And if anything, Chase Edmonds, I feel like, is going to be less of a factor this year because he actually vultured a little bit of work because I don't know what the uh, Cardinals were doing. A lot season. of work at some, t- at some points. Yeah. So if and also I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that this experiment's gonna work too well. But what I do know is that he's gonna try the shit out of it. And by that I mean he's gonna be fast, he's gonna try to run as many plays as possible, and he's gonna try to put up as many points as possible. Cause even if they lose fifty two to th- uh thirty five, I think Kingsbury will still be happy. He's gonna be like, Oh look, my offense is working. And in saying that, I think DJ is going to be a big part of it. Michael, why are you lower than the consensus? Uh, basically, everything Jason said about DJ is why I'm lower. Everything that he said about his worries are my worries. He did not grade out well last season as a running back. Yes, the Arizona offense under Mike McCoy was a joke. He led the league and just runs directly up the middle. When you have D- when you have David Johnson in your team who's super elusive and can get to the edge, it's very dumb. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury certainly is going to change that, but like we have said, everyone is just proclaiming Cliff Kingsbury as this offensive genius. People, dude, in this draft, Kyler Murray is going in the third, fourth, fifth round over some great quarterback choices. It's an absolute joke, if you ask me. We don't know what type of offense is going to be. It's a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach. Sure, it could work out. Guess what? It could also absolutely not work out. We've seen exciting developments not work out in the past, and David Johnson's in the middle of it all. And if I'm in the first half, if I'm in the first eight, nine picks, really, once he gets to 10, 11, I even think I might move Juju up over David Johnson. Uh, once you get to this, once, you, once you're in the top half of the first half, you don't want to take the huge risk. And David Johnson, for me, is one of the biggest risks in the first round. He's someone who I'd bet money on being a bust if we're putting money on busts out of the first round. I love David Johnson. He brought me a championship that year that he was LaDainian Tomlinson. But I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm staying away from him this year. I'm going I'm to let Jason take this one because Jason... Time the out, boys. Thing. I'm on the clock. Oh, Jason on the clock. Let's do it. Live pick. Down, down, down. By the way, we got we got a, we got a little surprise in the works. Was that good? That, that was a little hint of what the surprise is for the upcoming season. But Jason, okay. like you were saying, you're on the I'm clock. Do that every time. That's how you lose listeners right there. You're on the clock, Jason. What you looking at? Alrighty. So. To be honest with you guys, I'm looking at a quarterback. Because let's look at the running backs left. The running backs left are James White, Sony Michelle, Tariq Cohen, Mark Ingram, Chris Carson is still there, Jordan Howard, Lamar Hill, uh, Lamar Miller, Naheem Hines, Tevin Coleman. Anyone stand out to the uh, from those guys? Michael just whispered Tevin to me. 
Not sure why he decided to whisper it when we're doing a podcast. Can you go? Can you go again? Can you go again, Tevin? I said. No, let me see. Let me see who you who you got. Tevin on, Coleman on is list. someone who's becoming more and more interesting to me because Kyle Shanahan offenses are offenses that you want to have a piece of, and Tevin Coleman is likely to be the main guy there in the backfield. Do you really want a wide receiver? You know what's funny, back, Jason? Are you going wide receiver too? I'm not sure about running back. What's funny is what Michael just said about. Coleman is why I really like Dante Pettis. He's my choice in that offense. Besides Kittle, of course. And Pettis is here. And I feel like it's a good spot to take him. The other receivers are Corey Davis. <laughs> Y'all know I ain't doing that, you dig? Mike Williams, who I just ridiculed Michael for. Although I didn't really mean it too much. Although I did a little. Robbie Anderson, Alshon Jeffrey. So I think Dante Pettis would be the wide receiver I'm aiming for here. Is that crazy? If I want to go tight end, Vance Refrigeration... I think you might be able to get Dante Pettis in the eighth round. Yeah, I think that you should go with one of those running backs. But if Sony really Michelle's like there, him. man. Sony uh, Michelle's still there in the seventh round. Sony Michelle's still there, man. I, I was gonna take James Sony White's Michelle still there too. At seven, Michelle got taken at seven oh three in my draft. I was gonna take him at seven oh four. At seven oh seven, and you only have one RB. And it's a half a point for per. F- no, I have Le'Veon Bell and Kenyon. And it's a half a point for first downs. Here's the issue. He's going to be getting like just three, four points a game just for first and The quarterbacks left are Brady, Garoppolo, Dalton, Mariota, Stafford, Eli, Flacco, Keenum, Carr, Darnold, Rosen, Foles. I'll tell you this. I passed on those Haskins. on that exact group of quarterbacks for Drake in the round before this. I'm not going to lie. And I, I would have me. taken I would have taken Michelle over Drake, so that's where I stand. I love me some Jimmy G. <laughs> I, I hope Jimmy G or Sam Darnold falls to me in the next round. I'll, I'm taking him. One of them. You guys are going to talk me into Michelle? Maybe. <laughs> do I need to make this pick on air? It's just cooler if I do, right? I mean, you could think about it while we talk about uh, Michael's one do of the that, Michael's do that, outliers. Yes. All right, you think, Jason. <laughs> uh, people at home, you think as well. Who should Jason pick? Uh, we're going to pick this before you get to listen to this, so we'll have no bearing, but have some fun with us um, because, yeah, it's cool to have fun with us. Damn, damn. All right, Michael. Uh, Tim, you're a strange one. One thing that I never have to get you to do is talk shit about Joe Mixon, but here we are. Um, You are nine less than the expert consensus rankings. You have him coming in at number 22 overall, so you're not totally saying skip Joe Mixon. You're saying if you can get him in the late second round, go for it, Um, which I agree with you. Why don't you like his his upside? When you have the the floor that Joe Mixon has just because the Bengals are going to give him work, that's worth the late second round pick in fantasy, especially at the running back position and in uh, half PPR leagues. Which, may, when we talk, we're we're mainly talking about half PPR leagues. That's like our, uh, what's the what's the name? That's our go to, I guess, go to type of league. And he gets targets and work in the passing game. But all these people taking Joe Mixon in the first round. You want to talk about busts in the first round? Joe Mixon might be the easiest choice of all time. If he ends as a top 10 player outside of QBs, because QBs don't really... If he ends as a top 10 position player, I will I will do something. I will let you guys name something that I have to do. Because I will, I will do something crazy if Joe Mixon ends as a top 10 position player. Because he just never really produces as much as you'd like. He, he is on a bad team. Yes, they improved the offensive line a little bit, but they got a bunch of young guys who they need to learn how to play together, and you don't know how they're going to be able to mesh yet. 
uh, a Bengals beat writer said that they want to get Gio Bernard back into his Gio Bernard role, where it's like almost a split between Mixon and Gio Bernard getting work, which makes a ton of sense because Gio Bernard is a great running back, and every time he does get work, he produces. And if a Cincinnati beat writer saying it, it's probably not all just coach speak type stuff. Unlike James Conner, that no one just there's just people saying, "Oh, James Conner's doing this." This was actually a Cincinnati beat writer saying that Gio Bernard is going to get a lot more action this season. I'm just not buying into the Joe Mixon first round pick at all. I'm not going to own Joe Mixon in any leagues because he's not going to fall to me in the second round in any leagues, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. All right, uh, Jason, you're also down on Joe Mixon. Dogs. No comment on Chris Carson here. What? In in my draft. You just picked Chris Carson? Chris Carson and Sony Michelle are both there at seven oh seven? Man. I wouldn't pick Chris Carson. You got a you got a first round running back behind him. I'm sorry. He doesn't he doesn't wow me enough to think that Elijah Penny's not gonna be getting I actually I prefer Chris Carson to Sony Michelle. He is in a Brian Schottenheimer going to lead the league in rushing minus the Ravens offense and he was awesome last season had over 1200 rushing yards first down per rushing yard do you know what's an interesting one he's gonna get 20 yard 20 rushes a game I heard that uh right now what's happening in Philly is who Miles Sanders he is having trouble in pass protection someone who never has trouble in pass pass protection is Jordan Howard and if there's if you know that there's one way a rookie running back doesn't see the field if he's talented, it's if he's trouble in pass protection. So if you're considering taking Jordan Howard, just keep that in mind. Now it is early. No one says that he can't get better at pass protection. But keep that in mind because saying a young running back needs help in pass protection is one of the best indicators good. of that kid's not gonna play. So keep that in mind. That's what I happened saw, to Ronald Jones last year. I saw that too and uh it hit a note in my head and said, Well, that's not very good. Yeah. Usually the young guys, their first step onto the field is third down. Unless you're like really a plotty back. So I may learn to regret this, but I'm seeing Pettis going a lot later. Not a lot later. Going in round eight or nine. Right now it's midway through seven. So I'm going to take my chance here and hope that he falls to me again. Because I just don't think I could pass up on Chris Carson here. Michael always talks about the Brian Schottenheimer boring-ass offense. So, you know what? Even if Elijah Penny gets some carries, Carson's still going to see 20 a game. Right? We we could see a 20-10 split. And I don't think Carson's been good enough to keep his job. I don't think Penny's as, as much of a threat as people think. I mean, if you want to go with it, I just think it's too risky personally. You think? So, you're advising against Carson so I could take Michelle. He's basically, they're basically the same person except Michelle has injury issues. And Michelle isn't in a Schottenheimer offense. Michelle doesn't have a, no, a first-round pick running back behind him. He does have James White, Damian Harris, though. I'm not scared of that. He's a first-round pick running back. Michael, do I take Carson? Yeah. If I'm going running back, I'm going Carson. I mean, I only have the I only have the 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 consensus best team in the league so far. Who wants to listen Carson to me? Carson had like the ninth most first downs for running backs as well. First down is a big deal. It's another half point. I mean, make your choice, bro. On air, live, Chris Carson is now on my team. All right. That's not a bad pick, but don't say I didn't warn you. Now I have three running backs. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about these rankings again. What do you guys think? Yasun. 
Sure, yeah. sure. Hit me. Who do you uh, want to know about? Speaking Pitt? of Chris Carson, let's see what we have him ranked over here. 20, I presume? 21, 22? Really? No, you oh, don't. Oh, of the running backs. Oh, you're looking overall? You I'm looking overall. Yes. All right, so 22. Chris Carson. So you have him about three people above the consensus. Let's talk about Chris Carson a little bit since you just took him. Um, you just Actually, you just did talk about him. Look, Tim. Let's I, talk about Aaron Jones. Fuck that. You have Aaron Jones because that's the one that intrigues me. Right. You have Aaron, Aaron Jones as a back-end RB1, mm-hmm. four above the consensus rankings. Yep. Why, why are you so high on Aaron Jones? Another guy that started as Michael's guy, right? That this is my guy now, okay? Yeah, preseason <laughs> last year, we, Jason bet Jamal Williams the most yards. I bet Ty Montgomery and Michael bet Aaron Jones. Listen, Michael was a, a little too early on his calls. Now I'm taking his guys. Aaron Jones has <laughs> the best yards per carry in the league the last two years. That's the thing. And uh, I just think the upside is huge. And I think that Jamal Williams we've seen is not that good. And you know what? It's Jones and Jamal Williams. And I'm willing to take the risk. That Aaron Jones will play at least 60% of the snaps with the potential for a lot more. So I think that that risk baked into his price, I think, is one you're willing to take. Because in that offense, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been as good as people make him out to be recently. I've been a big proponent of saying that. But it's still an offense where people are afraid of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has the potential to be great. So I think that Jones will catch the ball. He'll run the ball. His yards per carry is through the roof. I think the potential is huge, and I wouldn't be surprised if LaFleur dedicates himself to Aaron Jones like he did to Derrick Henry at the end of the year if Aaron Jones is a first-round pick next year. Interesting. As drafts continue... If I had to put money on someone entering the first round, it would probably be Aaron Jones, and I think you're going to name the next guy who I'd also consider. Why don't you just take it away then, Michael? It's on Johnson, isn't it? Carry on Johnson. You're looking at the you are you are thirteen. You are thirteen above the expert consensus ranking on Carry on Johnson, a guy that I love as well this year. I'm on the bandwagon with you. Why do you love Carry on Johnson? And to tell you, like, just to see how fluid we could be, like, last year we hated Carry on Johnson, and while everyone else was like, he his ADP got up to like the fifth round. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. We told you not to draft him because of his circumstance. Circumstances change, and we change our opinions. That's why you should listen to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. But until then, uh, last one, Michael, before we let the people just go check out the rankings by themselves. Um, Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson, as I've been saying, he's been creeping up more and more up my boards. Apparently, he's creeped up so far that I'm way higher on him than the expert consensus rankings now, and that is perfectly fine with me. I'm willing to to, uh, be that guy for Carry on Johnson. Look, he is now on... Uh, a Darren Bevel offense. Darren Bevel is a rush first offense. They said they want to be a run first team. Theo Riddick is supposedly on his way out. Carryon Johnson was absolutely dynamic last season uh, when given the shot. And now he is going to be on a run first team. They already said that they want to be a run first team now. No, uh, no real threat in the backfield. He's healthy again. Injuries are the only thing that really concern me with Carryon Johnson. He he was hurt last season. He 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 does have the injury prone the injury prone bug inside of him. My hope is that he doesn't get hurt this year as of of course. But yeah, he's just he's in such a great position this season. He's a very good player. He's in a run first offense in on a team 
that hasn't been a run first team in ages. The Lions used to be a for the past like eight years before. Reggie Bush was the guy who had the last 100-yard game. Carryon Johnson finally broke that trend last year. I expect there, I expect it to be a lot more of that going into this season. He was another guy I really wanted to get. I was hoping he'd fall to me in the four, to the fourth round in SFB nine. I was considering him and Jones in the third round, but I ended up going T.Y. Hilton just for the upside there. And ne- neither of them got to me in the fourth, but those are two guys I saw going in the fourth, fifth round in some SFB nine drafts, and I was very jealous. Carryon Johnson is someone. I'm very high on this year as well. I agree, and I don't know if you mentioned Theo Riddick, but they might, you know, not have him in the middle. Yeah, I say he might be on his way out. Right, he might be on his way out. Uh, meaning he's he will, he's not going to be on, even on the team. Not like he's falling out of favor with the coaching staff. They might not even. And remember, Jim Bob Cooter's offense was different. Here's a here's a trivia question for you guys. Where is Jim Bob Cooter these days? Jets running back coach. Yes. Dog. Jets running back coach. Michael beat me to it, but come on, dog. Speak into the microphone, bro. What are you talking come about? Come on, dog. No, not that close. Come on, dog. <laughs> That's better. All right. So uh, with that being said, that was a fun little episode. Kind of uh, less structured than we usually do, but sometimes we got to have the least, least structured episodes. We're about to get into super structure. Listen, we just released very structured rankings. So, you yeah, know, we, we get a little break. I'm going to tell you right now, July is where like it's a little bit of a fantasy offseason. Right now we're in a league with experts, so we we're really like into it. In August, we're going to ramp up content. We're going to bring you something special um, that no one else does. We're going to keep that a secret for now. Um, but in August, get ready to ramp up the content. Uh, get ready to hear the updated rankings and see the updated rankings all over brotoff.com or brotofantasy.com. Also, remember to get all of everything, including during the season. If In case you forgot, we tweet out every single touchdown that's scored. So if you can't be watching, you just follow us. And when someone scores a touchdown, you get the alert on your phone. That's all you got to do, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. We also give out start, sit, um, advice, plays, whatever you want to call it. Uh, on game day, after we're done with our football game, we play in a football league that we, you know, sometimes we update the people on if we win. <laughs> Only if we win. Uh, but, yeah, so usually win. Check us out, man. Um, keep keep with us if you're checking us out for the first time uh if you're like oh these guys are all right but this is kind of unstructured right this isn't usually how it goes but uh besides that jason where can they find you at jason patrout michael at mike underscore patrout you see how michael talked into the microphone jason (laughs) and you can find me at tim patrout but only if you're feeling real 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 frisky um until next time we are later